0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Amazing Race Rewind podcast. My name is Andrew, and my life is over. I am distraught. I am a broken soldier after the events of this week's episode, and I don't know how I am going to recover.
1: If any of our devoted fans want to take a guess as to why Andrew's so distraught, feel free, but we we will get to that in due time.
0: Unless mm-hmm. you wanna
1: you wanna talk about that right off the bat. You have any speech to give? Any anything to say?
0: I mean. We lost a gem of a team, and I think this season will never be the same without them. I think genuinely this is one of my favorite teams that I've ever seen on The Amazing Race. And I think, yeah, well, well Dave and Margareta are out, and I don't know how this season will go on.
1: But it'll have to. It'll have to. But I think I think they got the best send-off that they could have got. Frankly, one of the best send-offs I've ever seen.
0: Oh, Absolutely. No, yeah, I fully watched this episode and felt like genuine sadness afterward. Because I feel like before this episode, like with the past episodes, I was watching the show in much more like analytical lens, but I was fully emotionally invested in this episode.
1: I was thinking, I
0: don't know about you as
1: I was watching it. And I remember thinking, Oh, Andrew's just gonna be so upset right now.
0: Well, it was going so well for them, and then some unfortunate events caused their downfall. But on a more positive note, I feel like this episode was a lot more fast-paced, and I think it was much more entertaining. I think this is the best episode we've seen so far from like an editing perspective and an overall perspective. I feel like they really hit their stride here. The
1: planning was good. The execution was good. It put teams in a really interesting position for the audience to watch. And yeah, it definitely shifted the balance all over the place once again
0: absolutely so you had some comments you wanted to make at the top of the episode here yes
1: before we get into it i just wanna well first off i know if you tuned in last week we had a little uh, not debate but i made a little comment about being able to tell when an elimination round is coming up and that's in i always thought the statement given at the beginning of each episode where um the host will say the last team to arrive at the pit stop will be eliminated But on the non-elimination rounds, I always thought it was may be eliminated. And I was correct. However, this is taken from the official, very reliable um, Amazing Race Wikia page. And it says, beginning in the Amazing Race 5, so I'm assuming season 5, the statement Hmm. the last team to arrive may be eliminated has been used on every leg with the exception of the first leg. On every leg. Oh, I didn't read that properly when I didn't. I didn't read that properly. Oh, so you you
0: actually were incorrect. <laughs> okay,
1: we're gonna cut this all and we're not gonna bring this up. <laughs> okay. Well
0: <laughs> I love that realization that you had. That was so funny.
1: <laughs> that was really embarrassing.
0: Okay, um...
1: On my second note now, and this is actually coming from my mom, shout out to my mom. She had messaged me after the last episode aired, and I believe it was because, Andrew, you made a comment about how unusual and new reality TV was at the time, even Mm. just for a viewer to sit in their living room and turn on the TV and watch something like survivor but i don't think we consider what people on the street would have been thinking you know seeing nowadays i'm not saying my if i saw someone someone with a camera running after a team i would go oh they're on the amazing race but it's so normalized i feel like nowadays whereas you know 2001 can you imagine you've never seen this before reality tv is not a mainstream thing and you just see two people with backpacks being manically chased by someone with a camera and someone with a boom or a sound recorder it would just be absurd
0: yeah, I never thought about that. Because I guess right now, because we're in such an age of technology and we were like born with this age of technology, it's so much more normalized than like seeing people recording themselves in public on their phones and stuff. But that's a really interesting point.
1: The presence of a camera in public you kind of just assume it's someone shooting a stupid video to send to friends or family or they're taking a picture of themselves you don't assume that it's going to be broadcasted nationally but at the time that's that's what was happening with this whether it was news or yeah this the advent of reality tv
0: i can't even really conceptualize what people on the street would think of seeing these people being manically chased by cameras and running all over the place
1: yeah. So thanks to thanks to my mom for, for that. Yeah. Shout out to my mom. And uh, if you guys have any questions about what we're talking about, again, feel free to email us.
0: Amazingracefreewind at gmail.com. Yep. Write us up, hit the send button.
1: So let's get into the episode.
0: Yes. That's enough of our little preamble. So one thing that I noticed right at the beginning is Phil is giving the teams their the clues at the beginning of the leg. He gave Kevin and Drew their clue at the beginning of like yet he wasn't even there at pat and brenda's elimination which by the way i went back and watched that and you were totally correct yep. i don't think he was there at all
1: yep because it, it's just one shot of him and you know just a voiceover
0: so maybe last episode he like stumbled over his words or he didn't do a good job or something i don't or know he just because he was wonder. but he, he he did stick around long enough to give kevin and drew their clue so i don't know i thought that was strange
1: yeah we'll never know
0: Anyway, so Kevin and Drew start at 3.53 a.m. And they're given, instead of like a traditional clue, they're given a picture of a man, a flag, and instructions to take a boat from Marseille.
1: I think that was so fun. I think also, too, I mean, you and I, I think, are geography geeks, flag flag Mm -hmm. geeks. We love that kind of stuff. So if I was handed a clue that was just a flag, oh, I would be so excited.
0: Yes, except I was so confident. I thought it was Turkey, like 100%. Oh,
1: oh did you?
0: I thought it was Turkey, oh. and so did some other teams. So I like, searched it up, and they're pretty much the same flag, right?
1: I don't know why, but I knew it was Tunisia right off the bat.
0: So the difference between the Turkey and the Tunisia flag, so the Turkey flag, it's the same symbol with the, the moon and the star, except in the Tunisian flag, it's a, a white circle, and the moon and star are red with a red background, and then whereas the Turkish flag is red with a white moon and a white star. So they're very, very similar.
1: And I think the Turkish flag is slightly more off-center to the left. Oh. I don't know. That's what really, that's what got me, got me for it.
0: And something that was interesting, I don't think they, they wouldn't give teams, you don't see these kind of vague kind of clues anymore. Oh, no, much absolutely not. Because I feel like there's such a risk of teams just going to the wrong country or doing something completely incorrectly. And then you have like a team in Turkey while everyone else is in Tunisia. That would be a huge logistical nightmare.
1: I don't think they would let teams go to the wrong country. I don't know who would intervene and I don't know how, but I don't think they would. And I mean, obviously the clue was clear enough because everybody knew to take the taxi from the castle they were at to Marseille and that they needed a boat ultimately. And even the people who did think it was Turkey, the boats to Turkey weren't an option. So, you know, they they managed to figure it out that way. I don't know. I can't think, has has there ever been a team in The Amazing Race that's just gone to the wrong province or state or country?
0: Not that I'm aware of. But I mean, in the more, the modern seasons that I've seen, because I haven't seen any of these old seasons, um, they just lay it out very clearly where you need to be. But I don't know if they would be able to like, if a team goes to the wrong place, would they be able to tell them, no, you can't go there? Because I feel like that would be unfair.
1: That's what I'm trying to understand, is is how they would communicate. I think, honestly, it's just the clues have to be clear enough that you know where you're going.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's just why they don't do it anymore. Yeah. But I think it, it is cool to have these sort of vague clues.
1: It was neat, but I also, I liked this and I disliked this, is all the teams pretty much made it from the castle to Marseille without difficulty. I don't think there was really anything there. But once they all got there, because you can take the the passenger boat, which is what everybody ended up doing, but there's only one. I think they were all on the one boat. But I, I like how Phil had mentioned in the commentary, really desperate or forward teams can try and get onto a cargo ship. I would have totally, yeah. I, for some reason, I think I would have thought of that or just talking to people. I would have been saying, is there any other boats? Is there anything I can get on any any sort of vessel?
0: See, I thought that was weird that he even mentioned that because it never was discussed at all. So I thought it was just kind of a waste. It's like, why are we talking about this if it has no impact? But I think, I guess it was kind of an interesting factoid.
1: I feel like I would have gone for that option. Just, you know, asking anybody at the docks to, to get to get us.
0: I guess so, yeah. But um, at the beginning of the episode here, we do have some drama. So we learn, or through some events, that the alliance between Frank and Margarita and Robin Brennan is officially over. So first off, Frank and Margarita were a few minutes ahead of Robin Brennan. So Robin Brennan asked them to read the clue aloud so they could hear it and like plan accordingly before so they could have a little bit more of a head start. And then Frank and Margarita didn't read it, so that was strike one. And then strike two was... When Margarita asked Rob and Brennan's taxi to call another one for them, Brennan tells their driver to not call one for them. So I think it's safe to say that this alliance is officially done.
1: They never last. They never do. There's always cab drama, I find. It's always with the cabs.
0: Yeah, that's that's the downfall of a lot of people. And... Okay, there's also another thing I want to mention is when Joe and Bill are in an interview, it's like at the beginning of the episode when everyone's starting out. I don't know if you noticed this, but Joe, when Joe is talking about being like cutthroat and how it's about winning now, the race, while this is happening, Bill, he just has this blank expression on his face. He looks completely hypnotized or possessed or dead or something because his eyes are completely blank. His mouth is hanging open and he's not moving a muscle. He's just like staring at the camera. He's seriously... Now, here, I'm going to be be the one to bring up a reference. It's like um, Weekend at Bernie's, literally.
1: Oh, my God.
0: He looks dead. Did you notice this?
1: I don't know why you always notice these things, or frankly, how. <laughs> because let me kind of elaborate on what Andrew's talking about. I have this quoted here because I was much more focused on the quote, which is that Team Guido is now saying that they this is a cutthroat competition and... Quote, it's about winning and not letting anyone else win. End quote. That's what mm. I was focused on. It was you know, raised stakes for everybody. I like how that's what you no, pick I up didn't on. Hear about oh, that. I thought you would I thought you would be all over that. You're usually the one that's all about getting ahead of everyone else. I mean, that's just
0: our course <laughs> But this was so strange. But I'll post that clip on my in my little Instagram post so you guys can go see that. Go check that out. Okay. It's seriously a strange sight to see. So yeah, some of the, th- the things that people thought the flag was, um, someone thought it was China, some people thought it was Morocco, um, Kevin and Drew were convinced it was Algeria, and then some other people thought it was Thailand as well. But a
1: lot of people thought it was Turkey for the most part.
0: Yeah, since I was one of them.
1: And I, 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 I'm proud to say I wasn't. I know my, my flags. Yeah. But yeah, if people want to look it up, Google, Google to see if they would be able to tell them apart. Tunisian flag versus the Turkish flag. Go check that out.
0: Yeah, I would have totally argued with you on that, but who knows what would have happened. Um, So we have some more Paul and Amy drama.
1: With a cab again. It's always the cabs.
0: With a cab again. So supposedly what a lot of teams did is they called ahead the night before for a cab to come pick them up in the morning. So apparently Amy did this and confirmed it twice. But when they arrived, there was no cab there for them. And then in this confessional, we learn something interesting which is that paul didn't even want to do the race to begin with it was just something that amy wanted to do and he was doing it for her and he threatens to quit once again
1: i mean i admire his his dedication like it's not a challenge for the faint and it's not an easy thing to agree to so good for him
0: yeah and then nancy and emily are in a cab as well at the same time that paul and amy are trying to get a cab and they're arguing and nancy her poor, sweet, southern heart cannot handle this arguing. And she breaks down in, in the car and starts crying. And she has this <laughs> confessional where she, she just kills me. She's so funny. She's talking so softly in her little accent. She's, like, talking about she can't handle the all this this bad language and the cutthroatness of the game. And if Nancy uh, – sorry, if Emily heard this, she would kill me because this would embarrass her so much.
1: I – I feel like I would be the same I just wouldn't be able to deal with the fact that I'm I could potentially be stealing somebody else's cab or if I was in the position where my cab was being taken I would be mad but equally as as kind of oh you know you, but you did get there first but if I was in the position of stealing a cab I think that would be me like we'd be driving away and I would be like we shouldn't have done this I feel so bad
0: but I don't even think they would they didn't they didn't even steal it though because they also called a cab When they just happened to get to that cab first. But like both teams called the cab, but one just didn't show up.
1: Right. I would, I don't know.
0: But she still felt guilty about it. Yeah.
1: I really felt, I really felt for her there.
0: (laughs) Yes. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny, to be frank. So yes, we cut from Nancy's breakdown where she likes saying that she can't handle the game immediately to Margaretis, who's who's saying, "I think I'm handling this game really well." And then Dave says, "You're doing extremely well. You were brilliant, honey, thinking about having the cab waiting here. Absolutely brilliant." They're
1: so cute and just they're just here to enjoy it and go with the flow and have fun. I I I, I can see why they are your favorite team.
0: They're amazing. This is wholesomeness 101. <laughs> Yeah, they're just going back telling each other how great they are, how like strong the relationship and like how nothing can get between them. And then I think the editors did such a great job with this segment because this is immediately juxtaposed with another couple, Paul and Amy, yelling at each other in a car. We go from absolute wholesomeness to like absolute chaos.
1: <laughs> I even like, to how I think Margareta says at one point, you know we've been married forty something years so she's going on a, mm. this is not a test of us as a couple or anything we know what we're doing we know we know how the other one works she's like this is just for us together
0: yeah and I think yeah I think just having that experience and they're just they just remain calm the whole time they do and positive they are a plus amazing race team
1: yep and now speaking of when they get to just speaking ahead uh, when they get to the I guess, docks for the fairy, an unexpected pairing that I, I didn't see really coming up, which was Kevin and Drew kind of pairing up with Nancy and Emily.
0: This shonked me. <laughs> I was absolutely shonked because they're like, oh, yeah, we've been together from the beginning. Uh, since when? I haven't seen this, but apparently they're like a family.
1: <laughs> like, I can't get over shonked.
0: <laughs> but it's true
1: i mean it's, it's very Absolutely. wholesome i'll give it that even though i think kevin and drew know that they're they're kind of saying you know they want to keep nancy and emily around because they feel they could beat them if it came down to them in the final yes but even so it's so it is such a like a nice sweet pairing
0: yeah and we saw this come to effect later in the episode where i don't know if it was kevin or drew were like helping emily at the the last roadblock. i will
1: say that's a good it was a good example of what an alliance should be, you know, not too much codependency, yeah. but just a Hey, I'm here. I'm kind of ahead of you. I'll help you out. You do your own thing. Yeah. But that's, we're jumping ahead now.
0: Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot going on in this episode. Because well,
1: everybody's here. Now we're at the docks. There's one ferry. Nobody's decided to inquire into a cargo. So everybody's going to be on this one passenger ship and they all need tickets and everybody's there. And it's, I. I think it's one of the lawyers that makes a comment of everything we've done to get ahead is kind of, Pointless now.
0: Yeah, everyone's completely equalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's here together. People are stressed. There's a lot of tension in the room.
1: And then one of, I forget who it is on Team Guido, kind of takes over because he's able to speak French and decides that he's going to buy everybody's tickets. And there's, yes. I have to ask you about this because there was a line um, in which he's like, you have to control the game. And He's admitting that it's very manipulative. Now, Andrew, I think you have that energy of do whatever it takes, you know, do whatever it takes. It doesn't matter what the repercussions are, how people see you. You just have to do it and you you have to focus and it has to be about your team and your team alone. So would you pull this move or do you think do you think this is slightly too unethical race wise or would you definitely do this?
0: I think it's too much i don't think there's enough that they gain from this relative to how much they're losing from this and it's not the ethics that i have an issue with it's just that it's not a smart move in my opinion because like what are you gaining from buying everybody else's tickets
1: He's talking about, the how, you know, now that he buys it with a group discount or something, so now he has everybody's tickets, and they're all getting mad at him, and he's kind of like, no one can leave without, you know, their ticket, and I have the power to just rip the ticket up. I feel like I wouldn't want to be that involved with the other teams. I don't want to put myself, like, I don't want to make myself that known, you know?
0: I think I would just worry about myself you yeah know? i don't think that's a good trade-off because i think they leave this i mean the teams before this already hated them but i think this made other teams hate them even more and really like solidified their position as being villains
1: right and i mean this you never really see too much of a re- resolution this obviously everyone gets their ticket because this is followed with a little montage of them you know on the boat and everybody's happy and they're they're yes. sailing which would be across the med from So the France to Tunisia in the north of Africa. And it's just a nice, what is it? 16 hours, 18 hours that everybody relaxes. It was
0: 18 hours. Everybody
1: relaxes. They're sitting, having dinner together. They're looking at the views. So, I mean, I guess that's your resolution. But again, everybody's now on the same playing field. They're literally all in the same boat.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah. And another, another thing that I've noticed just from like an editing standpoint, I guess, is that there's a lot of individual confessionals more than we've had in any other episode of just like everybody giving their thoughts on their current state of the race. And we check up on every team and what they're thinking and how they're doing. And I think this is the first time they've really been able to do this because it's such a long 18-hour boat ride.
1: Yeah, and it is. It, it's, it's not just one team member at a time. It's, or sorry, it's yeah. not teams at a time. It's one team member each. So you can get more commentary from one team member on the other. And it's just more in-depth.
0: It felt overall a lot more organized than what we've been seeing in the past, and I felt like I like knew what was going on and the dynamics between all the teams and everything. I thought it was quite great. Yeah, um, and there's this also great like shot during this "Everybody Hates the Guidos" segment where everybody's just talking about the Guidos, where pretty much all the teams are eating at one table, and then it's contrasted to the Guidos just sitting by themselves eating alone in
1: what looks like a nicer table. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this boat.
1: Nothing really happens. They're just they got to get to Tunisia.
0: Yeah, the food looked great. It did. yeah I think everyone is happy just to be on a on a cruise ship for eighteen hours
1: in the med. Who wouldn't?
0: I know. Okay, so but they
1: they get off, and it's it's right to the. Margareta has a line here, and I I loved mm. it because they get off and instantly everybody's go go go, and she goes running again, and I felt that one.
0: <laughs> <gasps> also. I just have another note just randomly here where it's just Dave and Margarita are amazing. I don't know what that's referring to, but I stand by it. I And I have a lot of here about that.
1: <laughs> that sounds like very on brand for you.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, everyone gets off the boat and they have to find the man in this like little arch. I guess like is it?
1: It's supposedly it's it's very similar to the Arc de Triomphe in Paris, and it's somewhere in the city.
0: Yes. So yeah, everybody seems to have no problems finding this man. And then we get to our detour.
1: Yes, which is, I I feel like there's a clear winning option here because either it's in a a street market, which is very, you know, densely packed, no signs, no labeling. And option one is something something about brew, which is where you have to find an unmarked coffee shop. All you have for reference is a photo of the inside of the coffee shop. And you have to somehow navigate your way to the coffee shop. The other option is you find a massage parlor, which is marked on a map. However, you have to then sit for a 20 minute massage.
0: Yes. And this is keeping on with the theme that we've been having with our detours with like the more risky and farther away task or like a closer or easier task that'll take longer.
1: I think though this is correct me if I'm wrong, but up until this point there hasn't been a ton of detours where teams have most of the time all of the teams have chosen one option. I think they're maybe in the last leg. There might have been a little bit of a split with the going to the Notre Dame versus going to the Pendulum. But again, we're starting to see a little bit more of that K-teams have different preferences. Because I think all of them did the brew, the coffee shop option, except for Paul and Amy who did the massage. Yeah. And I mean, I I agree, though. I would have gone for the coffee one.
0: I think so, too. So... Something that I found interesting was that when they were going to the roadblock, pretty much every team gets a local to help them. And I was just thinking, how are these people taking time out of their days to lead these people around? Like, I guess, do they have nothing better to do? They have nowhere to be?
1: I don't know. I think again, it comes back to maybe the spectacle of a, a camera. You know, what is what's going on? Are we just that? Are we going to be on TV? Is this you know the press? That's kind of where I would go. I have a, a line here from a, yours, your your favorite, Margareta, and I think I have
0: the exact I think, one I think down. you do
1: because I think this is our episode title, and it's "Get Out of My Way."
0: <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. She says, "quote I'm very competitive, and with us, it's go 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 and get out of my way."
1: I, I think that's our episode title there.
0: Every time she speaks, there is a smile on my face. What can I say? (laughs) So we see the massage scene with Paul and Amy. Do you have any notes here on the massage scene? I thought it was kind of interesting.
1: I don't have any notes. I just think what a horrible way to get a massage in the sense of like you have 20 minutes and then you have to be running because you're in a race. I'm sorry. I would not. I would not enjoy one minute of that massage.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't like massages to begin with, so I would not be motivated to want to, to have a massage. And I wouldn't enjoy it anyway, because I would be just so anxious. Although, Amy seems to be enjoying her massage.
1: Amy was, yeah, she was in the moment. She was loving it. I... I... I applaud yeah. the ability to go into that headspace when you're in a race like that because I, I would not be able to.
0: Meanwhile, Paul is getting like a, he was it's like he's visiting a chiropractor <laughs> or something with the way they're like cracking his neck and stuff. And he was
1: kind of laughing about it because he's saying like, look at her, like pointing at Amy. She's almost asleep, like just relaxed. And yet yeah, he's yeah. being like, his body's twisted and contorted and cracked.
0: But yeah, this did not seem to be a very good decision by them. I actually thought they were going to be out because they seemed to be quite far behind. I did too.
1: I was I was surprised that they 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 did pretty well. Spoiler alert! But they it didn't set them back really significantly.
0: They ended up in fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them, I guess. And then we go to the coffee shop where they get their coffees in exchange for a lighter that has the Colosseum where the roadblock takes place on it. I
1: should say, I think you and I last week, when we were talking about the shots of the upcoming episode, we thought it was Rome. But the call. this is not the Roman Colosseum. This is one in, in Tunisia.
0: I don't even know they had Colosseums there, but I guess that's no, the impact of the Roman Empire. Gem, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but with the coffee scene... All the teams seem to be there pretty much at the same time, although it is quite confusing as to exactly like who's in the lead and who's behind.
1: Again, I think that's probably the thing where the camera operators didn't know, the editors don't really know. They just know yeah. that everybody's there.
0: They tried to give some people voiceovers to make it seem like who was where, but it was a little bit of a mess. So to, to go to the ancient Coliseum, they can take either a train or a taxi. The taxi is faster but more expensive, and the train is cheaper but takes longer.
1: I Again, it's one of those, all of their kind of either ors are very, there's a better option and a worse option. And I think it's very apparent in the scene because only two teams do the train, right? Only Robin Brennan and Dave and Margareta do the train, correct?
0: No, Lenny and Karen do the train, but Dave and Margareta the, have the whole talk taxi oh, issue. Oh, right, right, right.
1: Sorry. So it was Robin Brennan and yeah. Lenny and Karen on the train.
0: Yes. And they ended up in 6th and 7th. So that was a really a, a poor decision coming from them. But they, yeah, only because Dave and Margareta had their misfortune with the taxi.
1: But we, we'll get to that. It's okay. We don't need to deal with that right now. <laughs> I
0: know. It's like really struggling to get through this. But yes, they, yeah, they talk about money again. But I would like to know more of what's happening with the money and like because it it seems to have no impact whatsoever on the race it's never
1: brought up no team is ever struggling because they're low on money we don't know how much money they get after you know after they complete a leg and at every pit stop again so it's yeah it's kind of lost its its value i think
0: yeah because i think it could be a really interesting component of the show but i mean i guess It would be hard for them to constantly keep track of how much money everybody has. And if it's not an issue at all, then it's not worth talking about on the show. So people are making their way to the Coliseum and Nancy and Emily give the boys who helped them their money. And while this is happening, the guidos are in their taxi and being like, go, go, go. And they're practically trying to run them over. And then (laughs) during this exchange with Nancy and Emily and the the local boys, Nancy goes, you're very nice boys. Your mothers would be proud.
1: (laughs) She's so sweet. I really, she's so sweet.
0: I know. And when do you see people give locals money on The Amazing Race (laughs) for, for helping them?
1: I think now, though, that's just something that because the show is so tightly curated now. That's something that would just be cut out. You can just see there's a lot more fluidity and a lot more leeway in some of these cuts and some of the stuff they're putting in because they they didn't really know the format of what they'd be able to fill the time with necessarily.
0: Yes, exactly. But again, with this episode, it felt much more fast paced and much more entertaining. Oh, it's getting
1: significantly better.
0: Yeah, this is the closest I feel that we've been to the more modern edition of The Amazing Race.
1: Yeah. What are we going to talk about after we're finally up to speed with like modern episodes and we can't comment on this anymore? <laughs> I know. But uh, anyway, so after going to the coffee shop or getting the massage, teams are given a lighter with a picture of the Coliseum and El Gem on it and just a little sticker on the back that says, Go Here. Very, very self-explanatory. Um, so that's where the train or taxi option comes in.
0: Kevin and Drew, one of them says, oh, I thought it said go home. It's <laughs> like, what?
1: Well, but he says that as they're already in the taxi going there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was a bit. Uh, that was like a little bit of a joke or uh, it's hard to tell. I don't think it was a bit. Okay. So should we get to the downfall of Dave and Margareta?
1: Why don't we explain the Coliseum first and then you can emotionally prepare yourself and then we will cover Dave and Margareta.
0: Okay. Okay. The roadblock? The mean? roadblock. Yes. Sorry. So the roadblock is the little clue or whatever is not for anyone who's scared of the dark.
1: Instantly. I'm sorry, Andrew, if that's you and me. I'm yeah. not going everything about that. Okay. Dark tunnels, swords, torches, nope, done. Sorry.
0: Yeah, see I yeah, I thought I would have been fine doing this, but I didn't know if you had any aversion to the dark. So I guess I'm I'm doing it. So yes, they have to light a torch and then walk in a clockwise direction to find swords which are dangling from ropes above the pit of death.
1: Like that alone? Why? Why would I want to do that? You know, the, the pit of death is in is in the sentence.
0: Well, you don't want to run around a coliseum. That seems like fun to me.
1: I would enjoy a leisurely walk around a coliseum, <clears throat> being able to take it in. Not what is does Amy? Doesn't no? It's Emily that almost lights it on fire like that. No.
0: Oh my god, yeah. That was so funny. And she was like, trying to kick it out, like panicked. See, I would be the most concerned about lighting myself on fire. My hair or my clothes or something, that's what I would be concerned about.
1: Interesting. Although, I will say, similar to the the Paris task, it's, it's a fascinating task, and it's a really good one, I think.
0: I think so, too. So yes, yeah. once they collect the swords, they have to slide their swords into a sheath and then to complete the roadblock. And then something that's interesting is that the pit stop is actually at the same location as the roadblock. The pit
1: stop is the end of the task.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of cool shots here of them walking in the dark with the torches illuminating their face. And it's one shot that always stuck out to me in like the opening scene is the one with Amy where she's walking and the torch illuminates her face. And that's taken from this challenge. I don't know why, but that shot has always stuck with me.
1: Always as in the last week?
0: The <laughs> The last few. No, the last few oh, weeks. The last few weeks. During the opening credits. Oh, you know?
1: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so yes, I think it was a fun roadblock, but I would have liked them to make it more challenging because people did struggle with it a little bit, but the task was to walk in a clockwise direction. I think it could have been more interesting if they had to run around more aimlessly. I
1: think the teams who the teams who got it, got it really easily, and the teams who didn't struggled. But everybody's doing that. For the most part, people are doing okay, but cut back to to Gem, or not, sorry, not Elgem, not even in Gem yet, back in Tunis, right? Dave, yeah. Dave, so and, well, they're on their way. Dave, and Margaretta. Yes, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you speak to this situation.
0: Okay, so <laughs> their taxi driver um drops them off and i guess they have to like go to another taxi driver which seems strange because i don't think anybody else had to do that and they realize they don't have the correct currency the person who's driving them will not uh accept american money there's a bank nearby so they go to the bank although the bank is now closed and in this moment my heart dropped out of my body and onto the floor
1: i yeah i i think at this moment everyone kind of knew
0: we kind of knew Although they did seem to make a good recovery.
1: They're just so positive. Yeah,
0: they're so positive. And this is exemplified by Margareta saying after they found out that the bank is closed, she just takes a deep breath and she goes, this will work out. I don't know how it will, but it will work out. I think that that's the kind of energy you need in the race and in life, really. (laughs) Life
1: lessons from the amazing race. (laughs) Yeah,
0: everything will work out. So yes, I thought that was interesting is that nobody else... Seem to have this issue with the currency.
1: Yeah, but I think that's because this taxi driver brought them to a different place.
0: I guess so. This segment is concluded by a local just ends up giving them money.
1: The dinar, I think, is the currency.
0: Yeah, dinar. And yes, I, I think this is interesting because it shows a real life part of traveling. Which, again, makes it feel more like a travel documentary because it's not just something that's a part of The Amazing Race. This is like something that you could encounter while actually traveling.
1: Right. It's kind of a moment where there's not that Amazing Race glitz and glamour and not everything's laid out for you and you have to figure it out.
0: So yes, they end up getting their money, and I still had hope at this time actually because they made it seem like it wasn't that big of an issue. Although they said that they wasted twenty five to thirty minutes at the bank or something.
1: And but although, and I have to say, sorry to bring down your mood even more, but in the in the cab on the way to Elgem, I think it's Margareta who goes. Even if this is our last leg, we're gonna we're gonna make the I most know. of it.
0: They're gonna savor it while they can. Yep. And she also says, she goes, Dave is the, this is a quote. She says, Dave is the eternal optimist. He does not have a pessimistic bone in his body. And it's like, wow. Imagine like just constantly speaking so highly of another person.
1: It's so sweet. They
0: are like, they're like the best people I've ever encountered in my life. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So yes, they eventually make it to the Colosseum. And I was just doing a little bit of research on the Colosseum. So it actually is modeled after the one in Rome and it is judged to be been able to hold approximately 35,000 spectators and was built in the year 238 AD. Oh, wow. Some other things about the roadblock. There were screaming partners in this roadblock, but this this didn't bother me as much as the Eiffel Tower one.
1: I I was thinking about you, yeah, because, but I think here it's because they can hear each other the whole time. Like the partner who's not participating in the roadblock can stand kind of in a way that their voice projects into the Coliseum and their partner can hear. Yeah,
0: Yeah, they can like actually give useful production. Go left, go right,
1: go down those stairs.
0: Although something that was a little bit baffling to me well, not baffling, but more of, I don't know, I don't know what word I'm looking for. But is that in future seasons, I didn't think that it was allowed where partners could help the person in the roadblock. You're not allowed to. Yes. So I thought that was strange, but I ended up doing research on this. And according to our favorite source, The Amazing Race Wiki, starting in season 27, the non-participating member is forbidden from even verbally giving advice or otherwise aiding in the teammates in any form, other than by offering encouragement. And this is during a roadblock. So
1: that was enforced quite late into the the show.
0: Quite late. Because I was thinking of this one memory from The Amazing Grace US version, season 31, where... It was team Brittany and Janelle. I don't know if you saw this season, but they were in Uganda and they had to go to a, a Rolex vendor and shop for ingredients and like make a Rolex. But a Rolex was, it's like a traditional dish of Uganda.
1: Not, sorry, Rolex is yeah. an R O L E X?
0: Yes. Okay. But Janelle was looking for a Rolex watch the whole time. So she, she spent like two, three hours <laughs> running around looking for a Rolex watch. Meanwhile, Brittany was standing there right in front of like the Rolex stand, because it was like where they got their clue or something, knowing that she just had to go right there, but she couldn't tell her. Oh, that's so that was brutal. That stuck out to me. It's absolutely brutal. And they ended up getting eliminated because of that.
1: That's brutal. Yeah,
0: and that stuck out to me because I was rooting for them that season. But
1: Aww.
0: but if they had if this if it was prior to season twenty seven, that wouldn't have happened.
1: Sometimes it's it's that, sorry to go completely off topic here, but sometimes it's that one team that's doing really well. And because of a stupid rule, I mean, Pat and Brenda last time, just it wasn't their fault at all.
0: That was ridiculous.
1: Anyway, but I mean, teams, so all the teams make it. There Again, there doesn't seem to be a, any drama really, or any large struggles with this, this task.
0: Yeah, Emily seems to be struggling a little bit. But as we mentioned before, she got help from Kevin and Drew, whoever did the roadblock there. Yeah. Another thing was, outside of the Coliseum, Amy goes, she says, like, I gotta pee, but I'll do it. And then Paul says, you can pee in the dark.
1: <laughs> I thought that was funny.
0: Okay, sure. Do you have any thoughts on the roadblock?
1: I don't know. I kind of, it was kind of neat how the minute you handed in your, your sword that you retrieved from the pit of death that you mm. were, you know, given your position and checked in, I thought that was kind of neat. And who, who was, what was the ranking again? It was, um... Bill and Joe first? Team Guido?
0: Yes. Yeah. And then Kevin and Drew were in second.
1: Nancy and Emily were in third then?
0: Yes, they were. Well, I, you can say Kevin and Drew Nancy and Emily, they pretty much tied for second. This is the best that Nancy and Emily have ever done. And I thought they had a great episode overall. They did. Okay. Yes. Oh, and then another thing that happened is people were climbing into the pit of death. Now, I don't know exactly what the pit of death is, but I don't think you should be climbing into it because what you were supposed to do is grab a pole and then, like, retrieve the sword with the pole. But people were climbing in there.
1: You know what? It's I feel, I, I feel like I'm sounding like you, but it's the Amazing Race. You gotta do what you gotta do.
0: Yeah, I guess the pit of death might not have been as intimidating as its name suggests.
1: I mean, if you can see the sword right there, why not just climb over the sharp iron <laughs> gate and grab one?
0: Yeah. And then also during this, Amy and Brendan climb over it. And then Brendan gets down first. And then Amy like throws the sword down. And like she pretty much throws the sword at Brendan.
1: I didn't notice. How do you always notice these things? I didn't notice that.
0: I watched the episode twice. Oh,
1: okay. You're exposing me.
0: Anyway. Oh, sorry. I'll, we can cut that. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah, Paul and Amy were in fifth. This is the first time we've seen Rob and Brendan in the back of the pack. And I think this, this was because they took the train. Yeah. They were at stakes.
1: I, you know what? I have a feeling that either next leg, they're going to be out or they're going to really make up for it.
0: Well, they teased next leg that they would be in trouble.
1: Yeah. So I'm interested on that.
0: Yep. Lenny and Karen were in seventh and they might, they try to make it seem like it was close between Lenny and Karen and Dave and Margareta for a bit, but I don't think it was really.
1: No, I, but I will say like, again, Dave and Margareta, unfortunately get eliminated, but their sendoff is I think the sweetest, most wholesome, happy sendoff I've ever seen in any of the amazing race.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is.
1: All the other teams are there. They're all clapping. Everybody's cheering them mm-hmm. on. It's so sweet.
0: As they should be. I was clapping too with s- s- tears streaming down my face. It was emotional. <laughs> and then speaking of emotional, while there's this scene where Dave is like trying to find the sword or whatever, and Margarita, you can you see her counting the swords and like putting together that they're out. Aww. And I was... I was praying for non-elimination. I thought maybe there was a glimmer of hope because we did talk about last week how there probably will be a non-elimination considering how many episodes there are relative to how many teams there are, but alas, it was not.
1: It was not meant for Dave and Margareta. Yeah. And that's our episode, doing, That's our episode.
0: They were doing well.
1: They they were. They were doing really well. It was just... It's that thing. Yeah. It's that one... I think it's always transport. That always is make or break.
0: Yeah, and I don't, I don't think I appreciate... Because I think they said the, the Coliseum was 200 miles from the rest of the, from like Tunis. Yeah. The city they were in. So I don't like how it comes down to transportation. Because David and Margareta, they were like in the middle of the pack. But I guess that's just a part of the race. I would have liked if it was more task oriented. But I guess that's what this first season is.
1: They're still figuring things out. But you know what? It's, with every episode, it gets better.
0: It's getting better.
1: And what is what do we have on the go for next week? Where are they headed? Deeper into the desert, I think.
0: The desert, Egypt, maybe, I don't know. Northern Africa They're in I guess. Northern
1: Africa, and it sounds like they're gonna be somewhere they're gonna stick to the Sahara.
0: Yes, and teams are driving themselves again. Which ooh which, yeah, which they did in the first episode, and that was a little bit chaotic, so that should be interesting. But I do wanna say it's quite unfortunate. I think we've lost three great teams in a row i know we lost Kevin and leslie which were bringing the drama they were bringing it i like them pat and brenda were great and now dave and Margareta. and who are we left with and my favorite team left is nancy and emily i think
1: me too i think we, we both gotta stick together and root for them
0: we gotta root for them i think nancy and emily and like kevin and drew are fine too kevin and drew are yeah
1: kevin and drew are chill they're a good time
0: other than that i'm not really fond of any of the other teams
1: only time will tell
0: yeah, maybe maybe we'll have some growers. <laughs> sure, they'll be maybe maybe they'll grow on us. <laughs> sure, sure. This might, yeah. Anyway, do you have any other thoughts on this episode?
1: I don't. I it well, you know what, it was a really good episode though. I really enjoyed it. It was very well structured. The tasks really mm. were really interesting. I'm worried next week won't be a. I'm not saying it's going to be a bad episode, but I don't think it'll top this this week's episode.
0: I don't think so either. And next week doesn't have Dave and Margaretta, so I don't know how we're ever going to top anything ever again. I know. Um. So.
1: That's it. Uh, that's it for us. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Again, I know I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but if you have questions, feel free to email us, amazingracerewind at gmail.com. We will get to those. We will answer them to the best of our abilities.
0: And I will be posting highlight clips on our Instagram, so definitely follow that to see. Some clips from the episode. If you choose not to watch the episode, which I think you should, that's a great way to to engage with this podcast. But if you don't have time or you don't want to watch the episode, I'll upload some highlights then. You also get updates on when our new episodes are out. Yes. So that is it for us for season four. Wait. Season one, episode four. We will see you next week with episode five.
1: Bye.